Welcome to the Out of the Bubble podcast. My name's Rachel Carew. Join me as I share a weekly dose of midlife inspiration, where you get to hear from amazing women who are embracing life and leaving a trail of inspiration along the way. Breaking down the midlife stereotypical barriers and proving it's never too late to find new passion and purpose. And to step out of your bubble. So what's stopping you? So welcome back to the last episode of the Out of the Bubble podcast 2022. And I will be continuing on with the Midlife Body Confidence survey report with the results are in. So last week I shared the first half of the report and my thoughts and findings. And um, though this week I will be finishing that off. Just a quick check-in. How is everyone doing ready for Christmas? Are we feeling calm or are we feeling stressed out and anxious? I'm uh, actually feeling quite organised. I'm usually quite late with my Christmas presents, but actually I'm now surrounded by um, lots of boxes. All need wrapping up, but I am nearly there. I've just got a few to go. In fact, it's Mark's birthday on Friday, so that's um, another thing to be celebrating just before Christmas. So that's another added extra present to buy. Um, But yeah, I am actually feeling strangely calm about it all, which is a nice place to be. So I hope you are too. And just remember, it is only a few days and we get so much hype about this, don't we? But enjoy that family time, whatever it means to you, without getting too caught up in all the mayhem. And I hope you have lots of nice things lined up for you. So back to the reports. So we covered lots in the last uh, podcast episode when I was asking 207 women all over the age of 40, um, how they felt about body confidence later in life. We looked last week at um, how people feel about their bodies, their scores of out of 10, um, what impact it had on their everyday lives, whether they looked at their bodies naked and or whether they were really embracing these changes. So the next question, question eight, have you ever cut the label out of your clothes to hide the size? Now I'm putting my hands up here, I definitely have um, over the years cut my labels out of clothes because they were bigger than I wanted to be. I didn't want anybody to see them if I was out with friends or family or my partner or my husband at the time. I've cut labels out because I was embarrassed. And 70% of women said they hadn't done that. 30% reported that yes, they had just like me cut out labels in their clothes. What is going wrong there? There is something fundamentally wrong with our clothing system where women are feeling ashamed of the dress size that they are. So why do women go to the trouble of cutting out labels? If you're in the 70% camp, you might not get it. But, you know, we don't want women, we don't want other people to know what size we're wearing because it brings embarrassment. Our society, there's so much pressure to confirm, conform to a certain body type. And if women don't fit into that mould, they can feel like they're not good enough. You know, Classic size 10, 12 has always been the kind of standard size in our heads that we've been force-fed to believe that the, that fashion models, for instance, size 12, is, is size 12 is classed as a plus size. You know, that's crazy. Um, so anything above that, you start feeling like there's something wrong with you and then you start feeling embarrassed and ashamed about your body and that's so damaging. So by cutting out the size label, women can avoid having to confront the fact that their clothes don't fit that ideal size. You know, we also live in a world that's obsessed with youth and appearance and we're constantly bombarded with images of airbrushed models and celebrities that have had so much work done and use so many filters that you don't know what body shape or size they are really anyway. So it's really easy to feel like we can't measure up. 
you know, it might be that we've got this fear of judgment because we're worried about what other people, our friends, family might think. There's still so much of that going on. I see a lot of it on social media and I've just dipped my toes onto TikTok now. And I'll be honest, it's a bit of a scary place um, because women are really brutal with each other. They're really opinionated on on people's appearances. I've seen so many comments on she's too fat, too thin, too short, too tall, too old. Put it away. Why? Where has this all stemmed from? What, what has gone on with our system where other women feel like it's okay and want to berate other women and have really strong opinions on other people's appearances? Is it any wonder why we're left feeling insecure about our bodies when our own, you know, our own fellow women are pulling us down too? And, and I'm sure it's from their own insecurities and it's from a place of, of their own insecurities, but they still project that onto the people. Now, our dress sizes fluctuate. I have, I have been a size 12, I've been a size 14, and now a size 16. As we change and our bodies evolve, we don't stay the same. So why do we think our bodies will stay the same? Um, we should embrace our bodies and celebrate how unique they are, and we are not a dress size. It's so difficult as well, isn't it, when you go, as a woman, when you go shopping and you go to one shop and you know that you're a size 12. You go to another shop and you go and buy a pick up a size 12. You get to the change rooms. They can't even get past your knees. You go to another shop and they're much bigger. How can we, everything's not regulated. All shops have different sizes. So it's impossible to know what size you are. Men don't have this issue. Everything's on inches. And I think that's such a better way and healthier way of doing it. You know, women are pigeonholed into sizes. And if you're anything above that deviates, then, then you're in the wrong camp. We've got to change that mindset. So again, it does fall back to the fashion industry. I, I do believe that they have a big part to play in this and, and sizing is, is a massive thing. You know, older women's bodies change shape. So what might you might still be the same size, but your body proportions have changed slightly. And so the size that you were might not fit as well as getting a size up. There's nothing wrong with taking a size up. If it makes you, if it feels good and it looks good, what does it matter what dress size label it is? If you think about it, really, it's crazy that we're all so hung up on it. You know, I'd like to think that some people cut them out because they don't want to be dictated to by fashion and they're cutting the labels out to make a stand against that and declaring they're not going to let the fashion dictate how they look. But I do think a lot more of that is to do with the fact that they're under a lot of pressure. But, you know, I can't reiterate this enough. Women are more than a dress size. We're complex, multidimensional beings with so much more to offer the world than our physical appearance. And we've got to start celebrating that and letting go of that dress size that, and letting go of the fact that they, we think it defines us and not an accurate representation of our bodies. Um, we, know we allow ourselves to be dictated and we compare ourselves to women around us to, to try and determine who's better based on what size they wear. We compare ourselves to models in magazines and TVs because we believe we feel fall short because we don't look like them. But, you know, we will never look like those people because we're all unique and we've got to stop comparing ourselves. It all goes back to that, making sure you create your feed so it's as diverse as possible. So you see lots of different body shapes and sizes, men and women of all ages. Um, it's a much better way of doing it and rather than sticking to that kind of um, filtered size a born set size fits all because it doesn't so let's rather than allowing ourselves to be defined by a dress size let's focus on celebrating who we are and our talents and our skills our accomplishments and our personality traits 
So let's focus on the things that really, truly matter um, rather than allowing ourselves to be defined by something as arbitrary as a number on a piece of clothing tag, which when you say it like that, it sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Next question. Do you feel represented on the high street? Now, I think, you know, you won't be surprised by this at all. 70% of women felt invisible on the high street. Only 30% felt seen. 70% feel invisible on the high street. You know, that is just crazy. And I'm not surprised. I talk to women all the time about this. It's something that drives me mad that we still, at this day and age, still do not feel like we are being represented. We aren't being represented. And it's so frustrating. But 70%, that's such a high figure that the fashion industry and the high street are ignoring You know, it's no secret that the fashion industry is geared towards a younger demographic. Walk into any high street store and you'll be bombarded with racks of clothes aimed at 20-somethings. So what about the women over 40? It's really hard. They're making it hard for us to find shops that are stylish, age-appropriate clothing that doesn't exist anymore. We all should be wearing what we want and what makes us feel good and it shouldn't be an age-appropriate label. In 2019, research by the International Longevity Centre revealed that spending on fashion and shoes by older people will increase by 11 billion, that's 60% from 2019 to 2040. So by 2040, people aged 50 and over are expected to be this sector's key consumer base. So why the hell are 70% of us still feeling invisible on the high street? Why are we still being underrepresented? It just does not make any financial sense to me by these brands. I just don't get it. You know, one of the biggest problems in the fashion industry is age segregation is that it it perpetuates the idea that only young people are allowed to be stylish and it just isn't true. I follow and see so many women, older women, that are just as fashionable as anybody else, that stand out, that look amazing. But actually, I think there's a beauty in the fact that when you get older, you have more confidence. So you care less about what other people think so you can show your style you can show your personality through your clothes and you can be more experimental and have fun with it without that worry of being judged so it's actually a time when you can step up into your own personal style much more than when you were younger you don't have that sense of feeling like you need to to follow a fashion pattern but many clothes brands market themselves as only being you know certain age group and that makes it much harder to find clothes that we like it's, it's not only is it age segregation in fashion, it, it's, it's counterintuitive because you shouldn't, fashion should be about self-expression and individuality. And the current state of the fashion industry makes it very difficult for older women when they're not representing us. It's also, I think, positive representation of older women is equally important for the younger generation below us. They need to see how great life can be as we age and it's not something to be feared or ashamed of. And I think that's really important that moving forward with my my podcast next year, I definitely will be having more intergenerational conversations about this because they do have a part to play and we do have to make those conversations happen to to empower each other. We need to pass on our knowledge to the younger generation to show them that the that ageing is nothing to be scared of and that you can still be living an amazing, fulfilled life and women are going on to do some fantastic things later in life. But also we can learn and take from the younger generation um, so much more as well. So I think that's going to be a really interesting conversations. But we need that positive representation for them to show them as well that 
they've got nothing to fear. You know, in their 20s, they should not be even thinking about anti-aging and worrying about what skincare products they use to make sure that they don't have wrinkles. And it's part of aging. Well, let's embrace it and send a positive message. So what do I think we need to do to that? Where do we start? We definitely need to see more diversity in advertising and marketing campaigns. Um, we need to feature models of all ages, sizes, shapes, ethnicities, genders. Clothing, non- clothing brands need to start producing more age-neutral garments um, that can be worn by all ages without having to feel like they're going to get labelled as dressing too young or trying too hard. Let people just be. Um, but we need more diverse representation in the fashion and media for sure. Um, this includes having older models on magazine covers, using older models in ad campaigns. Um, and it's just, it's not just, you know, I see lots of tick boxing going on here. There's a lot of tokenism still in the industry where you might get an amazing older model involved in a campaign. They look fantastic. You look at it and think, fantastic, that's a really diverse section of, of women. Go on the website to look at the clothes that has been represented. You cannot see the old woman in the website. They, they're not carried through to the e-com. And, you know, that sounds out a really big message to me that they're just doing that tick box exercise to get you in there, but then actually they're not carrying it forward. So when you go on the website to look at the clothes, to find a woman that you can relate to wearing the clothes that you might buy, you can't find them. They're still modelled on 20-year-olds. So there has to be that correlation between what you see in campaigns into what's carried through onto their websites. And I think that that's still got a long way to go to that. And I get it, tick boxing is important and we have to, there is, the, the tokenism that's being out there at the moment is an important place to start because hopefully that will generate real positive feedback from consumers that will then force the brands to listen and make them make those changes. But I still believe we've got a long way to go. You know, the, um, the reports, um, the survey shows that when it comes to lack of images, Relating to media, advertising and social media, it's got a negative impact on how we feel about our bodies. And the, um, the report that there was held in the House of Commons Women and Equalities Committee um, in 2021, they did a whole body image report. And their results showed that women over the age of 55, again, reported feeling invisible, as if represented in media and advertising at all. Often younger women are used, or if their images are used in conjunction with how to look that's the other thing, isn't it? It's all about how to keep your looks and don't you look good for your age and how to look younger. We don't need to look younger. We just need to be and enjoy what we're, where we're at right now. The survey asked those that did say they felt represented on the high street to share some of their favourite brands. And out of the 56 responses that said that they felt seen, so 30%, it's interesting, the top five were, next came in with 18% of the votes, Zara, 15%, M&S, 15%, H&M, 13%, and Mint Velvet, 7%. And what really surprised me about these results is that Master Spencers and Next were um, finally the top. So Next got 18% of the votes, Master Spencers, 15%. Yet the Sun Life report back in 2019, their data showed that in 2019, None of the next social media images included anyone over 50. They completely alienated an entire age bracket, which as a long-standing customer, I find really disappointing. The fact that women in midlife feel confident shopping with these brands shares, says a lot about uh, their loyal customer base, the fact that they're, they're obviously their, their price range um, hits the market for lots of women, um, but they're not still not specifically targeting us. So 
why are they not? I'd like to think I've been trying to look at images to see if they've made massive improvements. I think that they have improved since 2019, for, certainly for Next. But it's still interesting to see that it came out top and they haven't really been showing up for us in the past. So it'll be interesting to see what changes they make and what would happen. Imagine what would happen if they really did target us and have big campaigns with women in their 50s and 60s in Next. What would happen to those, to the consumer, you know, increase there? What, what would happen to the demand? I'm sure it would go up. So it's a no win for them. I don't understand why they're not targeting us. Again, another big surprise from the Sun report was how Marks and Spencers weren't showing up for us because I always imagined this age group to be their target audience. Um, but the uh, Sun Live report showed that only five of their Instagram posts in 2019 included anyone over the age of 50. And I think that's really surprising and quite shocking. And they went on to say that the small percentage used in television commercials usually resorted to stereotypes showing older people napping whilst the younger generation were having fun. So I recently walked around my local Master Spencers and I'll be honest, most of the consumers appeared to be over 40. And yet you look around at the in-house marketing, there's just no images of women that I could relate to. They were all in their 20s and early 30s. There's no representation of this age bracket in their marketing, in their stores. And I find that mind-boggling. And that's no wonder why 70% of women feel like they're not being seen on the high street. It's so frustrating. Anyway, I could go on for that subject for hours. Question 10, what has the biggest impact on your body confidence, positive or negative? So out of 184 comments, there were some common themes that appeared. So the most common issues cited to have a negative impact on a woman's body confidence were the changes to our bodies as age as we're aging and still comparing it to when we're younger, weight gain, menopause symptoms, lack of women you can relate to on social media and advertising, and shopping and finding clothes that suit you to make you feel good. And again, that ticks all the boxes that we've been talking about in this episode and last week's as well about the fact that, you know, there is definitely a bigger part for the media, advertising, fashion, beauty industry to play in this to, to show us more bodies that we can relate to as we age because it's such an important part of our mental well-being and the fact that lack of, you know, the lack of women that people can relate to in these places, in these spaces is, is having a detrimental effect on our mental well-being is not good enough. Weight gain, again, again, I'm going to say it, the diet industry have got such a, a big part to play in this. It's worth billions and billions of pounds, the diet industry. I have been, I was on a diet probably from about the age of 13 up until I was 40. And I have tried every single diet in the book. I have yo-yo dieted all my life until, I've, until I have changed that mindset and really worked on that. And under so much pressure and obviously I'm not advocating that people are unhealthy I want people to be healthy and strong but losing a few pounds or gaining a few pounds shouldn't be the thing that that has a massive impact on our body confidence we should be able to move away from that and see that that's not the thing that defines us it's not the thing that should have an impact on our everyday lives menopause symptoms it's so good to have people like Davina McCall talking about it in the media and having a much more open conversation now so I really do think that that is going to change and that we're going to get more support for women that are really struggling with the side effects because I know that that has a really detrimental effect on, on women's body confidence at this time of life 
And I'm so glad that the conversation is finally being opened up. So those that that those women that said that the things that created a positive impact, people stated following a diverse set of people on social media and seeing bodies that look like yours, big tick, wearing clothes that fit well. So dropping the fact that you have to worry about what size label you are, just buy the damn clothes that fit you well. It doesn't matter what the label says. Caring less about what other people might think. Changing your mindset, accepting the changes to your body and focusing on the parts that you do like. One of the things I always recommend to women when I'm talking about body confidence is if you are really struggling to to feel good in your body, then look at yourself in the morning and find one part of your body that you like. It could be your eyes, it could be your ears, it could be your legs, it could be your ring finger, it could be your nails, anything. Focus on one part of your body and build it up over the weeks and so you start concentrating more on the positive things and letting go of the negative things because, you know, it's, it's about changing that mindset and it takes work and it takes consistency. So I definitely recommend trying that if you're struggling. Question 11. Do you criticise your body when you are with your friends? We have all done it. How many times have you been out with your friends, especially over a glass of wine? You meet up with your friends, you're all having a chat and the conversation, one lady will start talking about um, something negative about her body, turning it into a joke. And then the next friend will chip in with something about herself saying, you know, well, at least you're not this, I've got this, that, that. And people start laughing. And then it almost becomes like a competition. Who can say the harshest thing about their own body? So it's, it's, it then becomes this whole kind of negative rhetoric that goes round and round the table, masked in a jest, masked in humour, but the, the real connotations of that negative talk can leave you with a really big negative impact about how you feel about your body. And it can really take you down a, a, a really um, difficult kind of rabbit hole to get out of. 53% said yes, they occasionally did that. 29% said, no, we banned it. Love it. 15% said they often did it. 3% said, yes, they always do that. You know, body confidence is something we struggle with at times. We live in a society that upholds an unrealistic standard of beauty. And it can be hard enough to feel good about ourselves if we don't meet that standard. So it's important that to remember that everybody is beautiful and unique. And if we are criticising our bodies, when we're around our friends, this can be really damaging to our own self-esteem and body confidence. It can also make our friends feel bad about their own bodies. And that's not something I had really thought about until recently. And somebody made a really good point about that. Because when we criticise our bodies in front of our friends, it can then make them feel about bad, about, bad about their own bodies. They might start to compare themselves to us and feel like they don't measure up. So, you know, if you're saying something about a particular part of your body that you don't like, and you're being harsh about it, but your friend actually always looks up to you and thinks, well, she's got an amazing body. So then you start thinking, well, God, if she feels like that about her body, what must she think about me? I've got this body. And, and it sends you down a really damaging negative spiral. So it can really have a detrimental effects. So and let's stop it. Um, you know, as well as making our friends feel bad about their bodies, criticizing our bodies in front of them can also make us feel worse about ourselves. So we start believing the things that we're saying, even if it's in jest, because we're not good enough and we don't look a certain way. And it all it, the impact is low self-esteem and lack of body confidence. 
we often criticise our bodies because we don't think we're good enough, but this isn't true, is it? Our bodies are perfectly imperfect and there's no perfect body type. Everyone's different. So next time you are tempted to criticise your body in front of your friends, remember to press the red button and stop. Let's make sure that we pull each other up on that. Let's make sure that we hold each other accountable if one of your friends starts doing it. Just a reminder, you wouldn't say the things about yourself to a friend about their body. So why do we think it's okay to say it about ours? Question 12, how comfortable are you when receiving a compliment? This is a question that I ask the last guest. Uh, the last question of my podcast guests is, if you were to pay yourself a compliment, what would it be? Because I really want to encourage women to be more accepting of compliments and embrace them and it's all part of building that confidence and that self-confidence and self-belief up. 44% said they were mildly uncomfortable. They usually try and bat it off. 26% said they were somewhat comfortable and didn't mind. 23% said they loved receiving compliments. And 8% reported being squeamishly uncomfortable. You know, research shows social um, psychologist Vanessa Bond studied the positive effects of both giving and receiving compliments. Um, she did a report in Psychology Today and the survey showed that both the compliment givers and receivers underestimated how compliments would make people feel. It always left them feeling happier, more pleased and flattered. Think about it. If you see somebody, I often see people on the street or if I'm out and about and they are looking really fantastic, I will stop them and tell them. And I love doing that. Not only, I hope, does it leave them feeling good about themselves, but it always gives me a lift. It always gives me a boost. I think it's such a nice thing to do to pay someone a genuine compliment. And if you don't do it already, then I definitely recommend you start. You know, we've all been there before, though. Someone gives you a compliment and instead of just saying thank you, found ourselves downplaying the compliment or making an excuse. Or I, I used to say, um, one of mine used to be that, so if someone would say, I really like your outfit. I would always say, oh, I got it in the sale or I've had it for years or it's secondhand or, or this whole thing. I, I would never own it and just say, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, I really like it too. Um, so why is it so hard for us to accept a compliment? Um, there are psychological reasons why women find it difficult to receive compliments. One of the reasons is women tend to be more self-critical than men and we're really quick to point out our flaws. Another reason is that women have been socialised to be modest and humble and not to boast about their accomplishments, not to brag. Um, we've been taught not to toot our own heart too much. On a Sunday in my Out of the Bubble Facebook group, um, we have on Sunday we celebrate where I encourage women to do exactly that. I want women to share every week the wins of the week, what they're celebrating, how fantastic they are. And I love it. It's my favourite day in the group of the week because all the women come out and they toot their own horns and we don't get that opportunity to do it as much as we should. So I love the fact that they do. Um, so it's instilled in us. Hilda Burke, who is a psychotherapist, counsellor and life coach, did an article in the Metro recently and she was saying that it's often instilled in us that it's bad to appear big-headed and that it's polite to refute a compliment. So we struggle um, because we've never been shown how to appreciate them and let them in. So... Here are some ways that you can learn to take compliments like a pro. Listen carefully to the compliment and let it sink in. Respond with a sincere thank you. If you feel compelled, give a brief explanation of why you deserve the compliment. So you might say, 
I appreciate you saying that. I guess I am a good cook. I really enjoy it. I put a lot of love into my food. Don't downplay the compliment or make excuses. So don't say, oh, it's nothing, or I was just lucky, or I got it in a sale, like I used to say. So then don't go fishing for more compliments by saying, oh, do you really think so? What else do you like about me? Just leave it there. Don't compare yourself to others. So don't say, oh, you should have seen the other person she was wearing. She looked amazing. And take the compliment at your stride and move on with the conversation. Let it go. Let it make you feel good and then just move on. And the next time someone pays you a compliment, just try and remember those tips and see how it goes. And also remember to compliment other people. Because you may be surprised at how good it feels just to let that compliment wash over you without trying to deflect it or qualify it in some way. Um, Because by learning to take compliments, then you'll give yourself a much needed boost of confidence. I really enjoyed doing this Midlife Body Confidence Survey. And one thing that I am interested in now doing next year is to do the same thing with a younger um, generation to see what differences there are and see if there really is a massive difference between ages and whether um, we've got things that we can share with one another to help one another and to help women that are struggling with their body confidence. It's such a it's such an important part of our lives that we underestimate the impact it can have on our everyday lives. And this report shows that lots of women are struggling. And whilst we have definitely made strides forward in representation and diversity, we still have a long way to go when it comes to ageism and for, for industries to show up for women over 50. They're making life harder for us to feel visible and to be seen. There's so many amazing women out there that are doing fantastic things to raise this subject and to push the fashion industry, push the media. And I would really go and create your feed full of people that inspire you, not because of their appearance, but for what they're doing and the work they're doing. And go and seek out people that motivate you and want you to try new activities and step out of your comfort zone because that's how your body confidence will come. I've said lots of times that my body confidence was really low in my 20s and 30s. How I gained my body confidence in my 40s and now 50s is nothing to do with a diet. It's nothing to do with the dress size or how much I weigh. It's to do with saying yes to more things in life, being brave, stepping out of my comfort zone, doing things like a tandem skydive when I'm scared stiff of heights for my 40th. Because then it was building a memory bank and building bricks of confidence that I knew that if I was having wobble, I could go back and say in my memory, oh, yeah, but I did that. So what else can I achieve? You know, I didn't do a tandem skydive for about 10 years because I knew you had to get weighed um, in front of the instructor before you went out onto the uh, practice field. Because obviously they need to match you with somebody that's of the equal weight. And I knew you couldn't lie. So I put off doing it for a long time and then got to 40 and thought, I'll just get on with it and do it. It doesn't matter. Silly things like that, but it has, an, it has an impact on what you're doing and you've got to say yes to things. Traveling for me broadened my horizons. Being on social media and following amazing people that have really opened my mind to this subject. Seeing more diverse, diverse shapes and sizes, men and women. You don't have to agree with everybody. But having, you know, I don't necessarily think you should go out there and just find people that agree and think exactly the same way as you. Having a cross-section of opinions can really help you grow and learn more about how you feel about your body and challenge you. And I think it's really important we do that. What I'm saying is body confidence isn't, it's something that you can develop and you can learn and you can build on. And it comes from places that you might least expect it. It comes from places where you've got new opportunities to really involve yourself in life throw yourself out of your comfort zone and do different things. 
So I hope that you found that interesting. I will be um, publishing this report on my blog post, so I will share that on social media. If you've got any other comments, then please get in touch. I would love to hear from you. And that is it for 2022. I would love to thank all the women that have been on the show this year. It's been amazing to have 22 women that have all had diverse, different subjects to talk about, sharing their stories. Can't wait for next year's lineup. I'm already excited about that. Work has already begun. And thank you all for listening and for following me on my journey. It's much appreciated. Love you lots. Have a fabulous Christmas. I will see you in 2023. In the meantime, keep being fabulous. Thank you for listening to the Out of the Bubble podcast. I hope it's left you feeling inspired. If it has, why not come and join a fabulous group of women in my free Step Out of the Bubble Facebook group, where you can get to connect with other women all at different stages of their own midlife journey, supporting and inspiring one another. You can also come and say hello on Instagram at Rachel Ron. I'd love to know how you intend or how you are already stepping out of your bubble in 2022. If you're loving the podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. Your support is much appreciated. I'll be back next week with some more inspiration, but in the meantime, keeping fabulous.